Hi everyone, welcome to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Dan Cho from Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine in Toronto. And in this episode, we'll listen in to a talk titled Moai, the relationship between social connections and longevity. The talk was given by Dr. George Cho, our clinic director, as part of our Blue Health program in Peterborough, Ontario. Blue Health is a community lifestyle medicine program that teaches participants about the simple yet powerful lifestyle principles of people living in the Blue Zones. And just in case you may not know, Blue Zones are areas of the world with the highest concentration of centenarians people who live to 100. We talked about the Blue Zones in a previous episode, which we'll link to in our show notes. The lifestyles of the Blue Zones people have been shown to optimize health and longevity and also help prevent, treat, and yes, even reverse many chronic diseases. If you want to learn more about the Blue Health program, you can go to www.pathwaystohonis.ca slash bluehealth. Strong social bonds are a key feature of these communities. So let's listen in to learn how we can strengthen our relationships to optimize our chances of living a long and vibrant life. Let's listen in. All right, everyone. Uh, I think we'll get started with a little talk here. All right, today we're going to talk about social connections and its relationship with longevity. Okay, um, and the title is Moai, connected to longevity. Does anyone know what Moai means? No? Okay, well, you'll find out at the end, mm-hmm. uh, at least uh, soon. Yeah. Uh, which one is more prevalent in our society? Obesity, sedentary behavior, loneliness, or smoking? Who here says obesity? Okay. How about sedentary behavior? How about loneliness? Loneliness. How about smoking? Okay. It's actually... Loneliness. Okay, you can see there, it's more prevalent than obesity. Living alone is pretty high up there. Inactivity, smoking. Okay, but how much attention is given to loneliness? Not much, right? Everything's focused on weight, diabetes, and so forth. But loneliness is very prevalent, and it's getting worse. In 1985, when you ask people in uh, in I think this is America, how many close people do you have to talk uh, like uh, close people to talk issues with and so forth and in 1985 it was three people in 2004 it went down to two so it's getting smaller our, our networks are getting smaller in North America all right uh, but if you look in the blue zones okay and does anyone remember remember what the five blue zones are what are the five blue zones <coughs> Okinawa Sardinia, Loma Linda, California, Icaria, Greece, and one other one? Nicoya, Costa Rica, yes. If you look at the blue zones, right, they're very socially connected. All right, so here, these are some elderly folks in Sardinia. All right, here, you got some elderly, elderly folks in uh, Japan. Okay. And in Japan, uh, their social groups are called Moais. Hence the title, Moai, okay? Moai, um, it's a social group that you enter into at, at a young age. And you stay friends for life. Okay, that's what, that's what a Moai is, okay? And just to give you an example, these ladies have been friends for 97 years. Okay? 
Yeah. Average age over 100, they've been together since the age of 5. Wow. Alright? So that is a moai. So when, you, when I say moai, this is a moai. Okay? <coughs> so these ladies, uh, uh, Dan Buhner met them. And remember, Dan Buhner is the guy from National Geographic who, who went, went and explored the blue zones. Okay? Uh, these ladies, they get together several times a week to sip tea and they catch up on the latest gossip. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, and it's, in fact, it's very touching. Uh, when he asks one of these ladies what's the first thing she does in the morning, she says, I open my window to see if my friend's window is open. Okay. That means that she's still alive and doing well. Okay. These social groups are very important. When one person's in financial distress, she could rely on her moai to help her out. Okay. When they're going through grief, and struggle, she can always rely on her moai. As you can see, this lady is making a very strong point to her friend. <laughs> that face is really... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright. Now, we know scientifically that if you're lonely and isolated, you actually have an increased risk of death. Alright, so high social isolation increases your risk of death by 26%, loneliness by 14%. Right? Loneliness is detrimental to various aspects of health. Okay, so if you look here, these are not lonely folks. Okay, and this looks at activities of daily living. So how hard is it for you to do daily activities of living? Upper extremity tasks, mobility and climbing and stuff like that. Now the red line represents lonely people. So as you can see, those who are lonely have more difficulty with these things. Okay? Now, the exact mechanisms, and we're not very exactly clear on what those are, but we know that these <coughs> relationships do exist. Okay? Now, it's very fascinating. They're now studying the effect of loneliness on telomeres, on your DNA. Now, does anyone know what telomeres are? No? Okay. Yes? Right. What, are, what are telomeres, Carolyn? Lifeline, yeah. That's right, yes. Yeah. So basically, telomeres are like these green things on the end of your DNA. Of course, this is a DNA, right? This is a DNA. And telomeres are basically caps on the end of your DNA. Okay? They help the DNA stay stable. But with time, what happens with, the DNA, with these telomeres, they get shorter. Okay? And the more shorter it gets, basically you, ex you um, accelerate cellular aging and death. Okay? So basically, you, you, don't, you don't want these things to get shorter. Okay? Now, they are going to get shorter, but you can, through your lifestyle, you can actually accelerate that that's shortening, okay? You want to take a guess what accelerates it? Loneliness, okay? Stress and other factors as well, but loneliness can also accelerate this, um, this, um, these telomeres, and therefore, loneliness can be associated with shorter lifespan. So when cells die, is that often why when the other cells don't make sense? Quickly, that could be possible as well, yes, right? Because they feel lonely, less social support. Right? I like the way one scientist put it. She says, "Humans need others to survive and prosper." Period. Okay, this is uh, this is a fact. Right? So let's look at what the people in the blue zones do to help themselves. All right. So let's look at a few things that Dan Buhner noticed. Number one, intergenerational connections. Okay, you can see here some grandparents with their grandkids. Right? They notice that in the blue zones, 
grandkids and their grand uh, parents, they stay, stay very connected. Alright? This is Dan Buhner. Successful centenarians in the blue zones put their families first. This means keeping aging parents and grandparents nearby or in the home. Okay. Very, very fascinating. You can see here there's a centenarian with her grandchild. Okay. Uh, Dan Buhner was in Sardinia and he asked one, uh, there was a centenarian and he asked one, uh, the, he asked the daughter what she, why she thinks that, he, that the mom uh, stayed alive so long. And she said simply, grandchildren. It's about loving and being loved. Okay. This woman here, 102 years old with her great, great grandchild. Okay. And just so that would be four generations. Okay. Is that amazing? Okay. And when uh, she, when Dan asked her what it feels like to hold her great, great grandchild, she said it's like being in the heavens. Very, very, uh, very lovely. But as you can see, they uh, the grandkids and the grandchildren they, and the grandparents, they stay close together. Okay. When people feel socially supported, they have better immune function. Did you know this? Okay. So uh, people, uh, when as you get older, of course, your immune system is not as strong. But when you stay connected, there's something about that that's going to strengthen your immune system. This is studied. All right? So perhaps we need to stay more connected intergenerationally uh, within our society. Who here sees your grandkids or, or your kids see your see their grandparents often? Yeah, yeah, good. Okay, that's that's important. At least it seems like it's important. Right. <clears throat> Number two, frequent social gatherings. Okay, when Dan Buhner visited these blue zones, they gathered together in social settings very very often. Okay, in fact, many of them several times a week. <coughs> right, not just in Okinawa. Of course, of course, the Moais do that. But in Sardinia, Greece, Nicoya, several times a week, people will be gathering for social, social functions. Right? Here, this is one Sardinian family, the, the centenarians at the head of the table there. This is an extended family sharing a meal together. Okay, how often do you see this in uh, Western society? Not too often, right? Just Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that, right? Here, this is a Seventh-day Adventist potluck. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Seventh day Adventists, when Dan Buhner visited Loma Linda, California with the Seventh day Adventist Christians, uh, many of them on Sabbath, so that's their Saturday, that's their day of worship, uh, usually at church they'll have uh, meals together. So, as you can see, it's a very social gathering, and usually one, everybody brings a plate and they all share. Then, when he stayed with the Adventist family, after, after church, they go to another person's home, and then they have another meal there, right? So as you can see, it's a very, very social, uh, social time, all right? And they do this at least once, once a week, all right? Now, we in North America, we're very socially disconnected, and our technology is not helping us. Here, this scientist says, despite increases in technology and globalization, that will presumably <coughs> foster social connections people are becoming increasingly more socially isolated. Is this not true? All right? And of course, this is, right? They are a library, they're together, but they're not really together, right? They're on their phones, okay? And fam some families look like this, right? They're eating and everyone's on their phones, okay? My wife and I, we have a, we have a policy, no phones on the table, 
So social gatherings are very important, and uh, this is what Dan Buhner found in the Blue Zones. Consistently, they are very socially connected. Right? So maybe all of us here can practice that. Well, in order to do that, we have to practice hospitality. That's number three. Okay? Don't depend on others to host you. Why don't you practice hosting others? Yes, and I know some people in this, in this room, I've been guests at your house, and you're very hospitable. And that's a very good thing to do. Okay, um, Saint Avenus practiced this. Okay, not just at church, but also outside uh, as well. They're very hospitable. Dan Buhner here is here. He is with I believe this is a Nicoyan centenarian. Okay, it's very interesting. You know, uh, these centenarians. They when Dan Buhner visited them, he would, he would just arrive at their home and they'd be like, "Yes, come in, come in." You know. And he notes in his book, it's very interesting, uh, in his book, he says, you know, if I did this in North America, <laughs> you know, they'd be like, they'd call the cops, you know. <laughs> but here, <laughs> here in Ikaria, when he visits Ikaria and these places, you know, they just, he just shows up with his research team and they're like, yes, come in, come in. And she, they prepare these food and stuff like that. He often felt bad that these centenarians are making food for him, you know. Mm. But, uh, you know, they're very, very hospitable. This is another Nicoyan, Panchita Castillo. And uh, every, every day she makes breakfast for her 80 year old son. Okay, so even at that age, she's making meals. No, the, this, is, this is Dan Buhner. So this, so this guy here, this is Dan Buhner. This is the guy that, you know, the Blue Zone guy. So this here he is with another centenarian. But she makes a breakfast for her 80-year-old son every day. Yeah. And of course, she's making tortillas and stuff, and this is like with, by hand and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not easy stuff, right? Yeah. Now, when people are isolated, they have higher levels of inflammation in the body. Okay? So there's a graph. Okay? So less socially connected. And you can see, generally, the trend is more inflammation. C-reactive protein. Uh, we, I think in our blood work, with all you folks, we measure C-reactive protein. That's a measure of inflammation in the body. Okay. The last one, redefine retirement. Hmm. Let's see. Let's look at this. In Sardinia, elders here are considered cultural treasures who accrue esteem with age. Okay, so... You know, in in the West, unfortunately, you know, as you as you get uh, as you advance in age, your social capital kind of goes down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, Sardinia actually goes up. The posters in Sardinia are not of young folks; it's older folks. Okay, uh, so they really, really revere their their elders in Sardinia. Look what he says here: Older people don't retire on Sardinia as much as they shift jobs. So instead of retiring, they kind of retire, but they just they shift jobs. Okay. It's not uncommon to see 90-year-olds working as walking patrols or advising city government. They're <laughs> be 90 years old. By and large, they don't retreat to retirement homes or senior communities. Okay. As you can see here, there's a Sardinian doing something. I'm not sure what it is, but it looks productive. Sharpening knife. knife, yeah. Okay. Here, this is a, Sardin uh, this is a centenarian, 105-year-old Okinawan, still gardening. The word retirement doesn't even exist in the Okinawan dialect. Okay. 
This is Akinawa Sai's uh, centenarian. He teaches karate. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of course, remember Ellsworth Wareham, okay, 90 year old. Um, I believe he reached the 104 years old. But even in his 90s, still doing surgery. Okay. There are no long term care facilities in the Sardinian Blue Zone. So what he noticed, what he noticed was that these elderly folks in these blue zones, they do kind of retire, but they don't just sit around watching TV, right? They're still very engaged in their community. I think that's the kind of point, right? Um, whereas here, uh, it's not, it's, it's a little bit different, but if you still stay engaged, that's the opportunity for, for all of us to still stay engaged in our, in our communities, and that allows us to stay socially connected, and that has benefits on your health. Does it make sense? Right. So it's not saying that retirement is bad. It's just saying, what do you do in, during retirement? I think that's the important thing. Right. This here, uh, this is the uh, HPA axis. Now, this is uh, some of you may science folks might recognize this, but when uh, this is called the stress axis. But when we know that when people are lonely, it actually stimulates the hypothalamic pituitary axis and releases stress hormones, all right? So when you are lonely, isolated, when we are like that, then we actually have a stress response in our bodies, all right? Just that state of being lonely itself. All right, as I listened, it occurred to me that this little group of, of women uh, who represented, represented more than 450 years of life, can you imagine? Okay, so he went to Moai, <coughs> And the combined ages of the women there was 450 years. Uh, might be the world's greatest repository of longevity wisdom. Japanese women, on average, were doing something special to give almost 8% longer, to live almost 8% longer than, the, than American women. Their moai may very well be part of the equation. Okay. So basically, it's not just diet, not just exercise, gardening, and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's the moai. Their social connections that helps them live long lives as well. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I think I agree. Okay. So it's not just the physical stuff, but it's also the social stuff as well. So how is your moai? Okay. How are you staying socially connected? Okay. I think that's an important question for all of us to consider. You know, um, one scientist from uh, Ikaria, she's a physician. She summed it up pretty well. She says about Korea, it's not a me place, it's an us place. Okay. Whereas here in the West, you know, we're very much uh, individualistic, right? I think that's that's beneficial as well. I think that's that's good as well. But uh, we need to we need to strike a balance. I think sometimes in the West we're too individualistic, right? But we need to kind of be more uh, maybe more think of us. That's it for this episode of the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Please leave us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. And also share this podcast with any friends or family you think could benefit from the life-transforming principles of lifestyle medicine. To learn more about Pathways and our clinics, visit us at www.pathwaystoholeness.ca. Until next time, remember, your lifestyle is medicine.